Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right, another week, and it's time for everyone's favorite week of the summer, the dress rehearsal as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 107. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with my good buddy Greg Cosell here from joint practice at the NovaCare Complex with the Eagles and the Miami Dolphins. Greg and I talk about what we've seen here on the practice field, as well as what to watch for in this game on Thursday night. Next up, we've got our scouting report, where this week we break down a rookie that has gotten a lot of positive buzz for his play here this summer in running back Corey Clement. But before we get into all that, let's not waste any more time. I spent a few minutes this morning talking with NFL Film senior producer Greg Cosell. Let's get to that chat now in Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. Really excited to be joined once again by NFL Film Senior Producer Greg Cosell. Greg, the uh, the Eagles and Dolphins are wrapping up their first practice here Monday afternoon. Uh, any general thoughts, before we get into last week's game and just, the, just some big Eagles topics, any general thoughts watching these two teams go at it today? You know, what I really love to see, Fran, is when you see two teams compete after they, they just go against their own teammates for so long, Is you, you can f- clearly feel the intensity level, oh, yeah. and the co- competitiveness level ramped up. Yeah. And I think you just feel that vibe. And, you know, you even said that uh, watching today that you think tomorrow there there could be a little uh, little scuffle maybe. And you I could, think you could. Never yeah, know. It's supposed yeah. to be hot tomorrow. Right. They, they thudded pretty well today. They did. There was some good contact. So, it's, I mean, it's good. The comp- Like you mentioned, the, the competition level, I thought, was really high across the board. I you agree. saw guys uh, kind of get after it. It wasn't an easy practice today for either team. So. No, and there was a lot of red zone, which yeah. everything is condensed. No and, and I really enjoy seeing the red zone, particularly from a quarterback perspective, because I think with quarterbacks, and we saw Jake Cutler out here today, and, and you just see the guys that can really make those stick throws into tight windows with some juice. Yep. And Cutler, for all his warts, he's certainly a guy who's been able to do that in his career. Yeah, and Jake Cutler will be facing this Jim Schwartz defense, which uh, these starters, Greg, have just been on an absolute tear the first two uh, oh. preseason games, what we've been able to see from them. Lots of turnovers, uh, some three and outs. But namely, the big thing, and you and I talked about it briefly today, the, the volume of pressures that we've seen from Jim Schwartz and all the different blitz schemes. I think going back to last summer that we did see a little bit of that. But what are your big takeaways from seeing that amount of pressure from Jim Schwartz well, in these first two you games? You know, it's funny. When they made the trade for Ronald Darby, one of my first thoughts, and this was obviously before the Thursday night game against Buffalo. Yep. I just sort of said to myself, I wonder if Jim Schwartz, who did blitz a lot back in his days with Tennessee, so it's clearly in his playbook, I thought, you know what, is he going to blitz a little more this year? Because yeah. Darby is a very good man corner. That's his comfort level. Um, and again, you don't always have to play man when you blitz, but essentially the outside corners, outside the numbers are playing man. Yeah. And obviously in the game, they worked on specific blitzes. We saw a concept that I know you're familiar with, which you call the Mike Starr blitz, where the slot and the middle linebacker blitzes. So whoever was over the slot, sometimes it was Kendricks, if it was the 4-3 base, then it was Jenkins, 
and, and then it was it was Hicks. And Jordan Hicks was not a big blitzer a year ago. So maybe they, they feel that with another year under his belt as now a veteran who's a solid player that he'll be better at it. Yeah. So I'm real anxious to see if this is something that continues. And again, what happens Thursday night against Miami will not be the, the answer one way or the other because sure. it's still a preseason game. But I'm just curious to see if they're going to do more of that because Jim Schwartz does have that in his background. Yeah, and I think there's something to be said as well for trying to give some extra reps with high-pressure situations for the secondary. You know, you're trying to evaluate these corners, not just at the top of the depth chart, but also down into the second and third string and just see what you've got in some of these guys. And when you're sending cover zero pressure, you're leaving those guys out on an island. Two snaps of cover zero in the first half with the main group. Exactly. With the first unit. And... uh, you know, again, that's not something we saw a lot of with the Eagles a year ago. Uh, but obviously, he wanted to practice it. It's Darby, the yeah. Darby's interception came in cover zero. That's correct. Yeah, so you get to see those guys out in an island. Uh, and I think that's a good positive that you yep. can take away from those pressure situations that we've seen from Jim Schwartz. I thought Fletcher Cox had another strong outing. He's been really disruptive. Even out today, I think uh, I've been, I focused a lot on the Eagles' defense against the Miami offense. And He shoved uh, the guard back, I yeah. remember, on one play. Like, the guard was just on skates. Yep, exactly. Yeah. One of the big things I've taken away from watching Fletcher this summer and is seeing him work on a couple different things with his hands, you know, because I think that's been one of the knocks that he's seen throughout his career is that he's not a technician as a pass rusher. Right. He's more, and I mean, he's the best in the league when it comes to. He'll just overpower you, you know. When, when he gets ahead of steam, uh, especially any kind of stunts or twists up front, when he's got ahead of steam and he gets inside your pads, he's going to collapse the pocket. He did that a couple times on Thursday against Buffalo, but I think you're you're starting to see him work in a couple different pass rush moves as well. Well, the other thing that I'm interested to see, and they did it some last year. They did it against the Bills last Thursday night. Was him lining up at defensive end? Yeah, no doubt. Because you and I spoke when he was at Mississippi State. He lined up at defensive oh, end yeah. as a pass rusher, right. and he was very good at it. Yeah. And obviously, I, I, he's athletic enough to do that. If he can start using his hands better, he can do it. Yep. But I mean, th- it gives them a lot of versatility up front because Curry can line up at D tackle or D end. Even Graham is now getting some snaps inside when they go to their, their nickel. So it gives them more versatility across their defensive line with where guys can line up. You and I uh, hadn't talked since Thursday night before I saw you out right. in the practice field today. Uh, the very first thing you said to me was, man, how about that Michael Kendricks? <laughs> yeah. What were your takeaways watching? Like, yeah, well, obviously a huge game on Thursday. Well, look, Kendricks, as we know, Kendricks is a very good athlete. And we saw him when he was at Cal. He was used as a blitzer quite a bit. He's a really good athlete. He's not a great off-the-ball linebacker. Right. He's much better on the ball going forward. And they clearly used him as a blitzer. And I think that that's something where... Again, we don't know how this is going to play out. Yeah. You know, he didn't play in the nickel last year. Yep. It was Bradham and Hicks. But if the blitz percentage by Jim Schwartz will increase meaningfully, not just incrementally, but meaningfully, Michael Kendricks could become a more important piece of this overall defensive puzzle. Greg, what have you seen? This is the big question I keep getting on Twitter often uh, this week, the run game with the Eagles. Ah. Uh Look, watching the, fir- the first team, and obviously they had their issues the other night. They they worked a lot on the, in their sweeps and their perimeter. Yeah, run they worked game. on perimeter runs, and they and they didn't they didn't get a lot of great blocking. I thought at the no. point of attack from the especially from the tight end position, and obviously that'll that'll derail you uh, when you're trying to run those sweep plays. I, should Eagles fans be concerned? I don't think so. I think we saw yeah. one thing we saw last year from the Eagles in their run scheme is that it's such a diverse playbook in terms of all their different run schemes. So the fact that they were clearly trying to work some things out with their sweep game, with their toss toss game, I'm not necessarily going to say, oh, man, the Eagles are going to really have trouble no, running I mean, the ball come yeah, September. I was in the press box, and, of course, coming into the press box at halftime, all I heard was, what are they doing? You can't run LeGarrette Blunt outside. 
Well, they know that too. They're working on something. Yes. And it might not even be a function of blunt. It could have been a function of, of the blocking. Maybe they wanted to see their tight ends block exactly. on the edge. Maybe right. they wanted to see their offensive linemen have to work laterally as opposed to moving forward. So do I put stock in in the specific nature of their run game being unsuccessful last Thursday night? No, I don't. Because I think they'll have a good run game. Blunt, when the season starts, is not going to be running sweeps. Yeah, right. I, I would 110% agree. <laughs> so uh, that certainly is one of the questions I've been getting a lot. What, what did you take away from uh, from Carson Wentz? Obviously, not the amount of flash plays that we saw uh, the week before against the Green Bay Packers with the touchdown. But I thought there were, there were some good things as well. You know, you got, you saw, I got to see him stand tall in the pocket on a couple of occasions. You know, they well. went to the, obviously, after a couple of poor series, they went to the, uh, to the tempo game. And he was very comfortable with that. My sense was, and this was just a thought, you know, when I heard about it, I think with Jason Peters not being available, I don't think they wanted to expose Wentz a whole lot. Yeah. I think they probably dialed it back a bit yeah. because I just think that, you know, w- w- what's the point? Sure. Last question for you, Greg. This, the slot receiver position, big question. Yeah. Uh, everybody wants to talk about after the Derby trade. We didn't get a chance to talk about it last week. I've, I've continuously said that it's a little bit overplayed because the Eagles move players in and out of the slot and they do so many different things with yep. uh, their, their uh, personnel packages and moving the formation yeah. variation. What are your big takeaways now with Jordan Matthews out and we've seen a little bit of a resurgence of Nelson Aguilar this summer? Well, I think you're going to see Aguilar get snaps there. I think you're going to see Trey Burden get snaps there. I agree. You know, so... Uh, again, he's theoretically a tight end, but he moves very well. Then it becomes situational because you can line up Trey Burton. You know, if it's third and five, Trey Burton can play in the slide. You're not looking for a 40-yard gain where he runs by people. Sure. You know, so it, that becomes situational, and I think that they'll feel comfortable with Aguilar. Look, a lot of people are skeptical of Aguilar for good reason through his first two years. Yep. But clearly they like what they've seen out here, and I think he's going to get that first opportunity as the wide receiver playing in the slot. And, and then we'll see Trey Burton as well. Greg, any big matchups one-on-one that fans should be keeping a close eye on for Tuesday and then also for Thursday in this game when you look at the, the, the Eagles and the Miami Dolphins? We're going to see them practice again one more time. Uh, this week, and then we see Thursday in the game. Is well, there I'm one curi- matchup you're focused on? The left tackle, Laramie Tunsil, and yeah. whoever goes up against him, I'd be real. Because the Eagles move people around, no so doubt. it's not just one guy. Sure. But I'm real anxious to take a peek at that matchup. Awesome. Well, Greg Cosell, NFL Films, appreciate the time here. Once again on Chalk Talk, we will talk to you again soon. Thanks, Fran. Great stuff from Greg, and you can follow him just like I do, at Greg Cosell. And while you're at it, I'm at FDuffy3. That's where I post all of the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's Nose content that we produce here at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. And you know I greatly appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on social media. That's one way to support the show, but the other is to go on to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, give us a rating, and even leave us a comment. And I wanted to give a shout-out to Brenda28, who rated the show on iTunes and left a comment saying how much they love the show and how much they love learning more about the game of football. So thanks to Brenda and all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcast offerings on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. All right, before we keep moving here, and since I was only able to grab Greg for a few minutes this morning, I thought maybe I'd discuss a topic that has continuously been brought up over the course of the last couple weeks, ever since that first preseason game against the Green Bay Packers. And Greg and I touched on it a little bit in the previous segment, but it's the volume of blitzes that we've seen from Jim Schwartz and this Eagles defense over the course of the first two preseason games this year. And honestly, I think there's a lot of potential reasons for it. You know, as I mentioned with Greg earlier, I think it gives coaches a really good way to evaluate these corners and safeties because there's no better way to put stress on a defensive back than to send extra blitzers on any given play. And I, we know that the Eagles are trying to 
further evaluate this cornerback position. Obviously, they make the trade for Ronald Darby, but still more evaluation to be done at, at the number two, number three, number four, number five cornerback spot. So uh, clearly, I think that's one, one positive that can be taken from it. Number two, and I think this is a big thing too, with the rules in the CBA and the lack of real contact in practice, getting your guys to run full-speed blitzes in practice isn't quite as easy as it once was. So getting good reps in live action can be difficult. I think, you, I think back to my days involved in college football, and coaches treated spring practice as a time to get good live reps on tape to be used in game plans for the upcoming season. So let's say Jim Schwartz uses any blitz, say a Mike Starr blitz, the blitz that Greg referenced earlier in the show. Say he uses that in week two of the preseason, you know a, a team's full playbook doesn't go into every weekly game plan. So even though the Eagles run that blitz in week two of the preseason, we may not see them put that into a game plan until week eight or week 11 or week 15. Now when they do put it in, the Eagles defense has a live rep of that on tape from this season that can go into the game plan in that week. And they've got that, that recall. You can go back on the sideline and say, you know what, we ran this blitz in week two against the the uh, the Buffalo Bills. Remember, that was the play when Rodney McLeod came in and knocked the ball up in the air, and Michael Kendrick was able to pull it down for an interception. You've got that live rep on tape now to be able to install easily once you get into that week of week's worth of game planning. So uh, I think that's a, a benefit as well. Could they blitz more in 2017? As Greg said, with Ronald Darby in tow now, they certainly could. I just don't know that just because we've seen it this preseason that it will be a definite moving forward. I think just like everything else, it is a projection at this point. Only time will tell. One of the reasons I'm very excited for week one to get here in just a couple of weeks. All right, let's keep the show going. We talked a lot about the defense so far in the show, but how about on offense? There's been a lot of discussion locally about this run game, and one of the players that has really had some good flashes here is Corey Clement, the undrafted rookie out of Wisconsin, the subject this week in our scouting report. Dim those lights. We're headed to the film room for the scouting report. All right, so for scouting report this week, I want to focus on the undrafted rookie, Corey Clement, out of Wisconsin. He's a local kid from South Jersey, just over 5'10", 5'10 and 1'8", 220 pounds he was at the scouting combine this spring. He missed one game a year ago, but more importantly, he missed most of his 2015 season. I think he only played in four games that year with a sports hernia surgery, a season where he was expected to step in for Melvin Gordon as the guy in that Badgers offense. So it was a disappointing junior season. He came back. He was a big-time part of that Wisconsin offense last year and started a year and a half for Paul Christ in that pro-style scheme. He played in one and two back sets, so he's used to running behind a fullback in, in some gap schemes. He's also used to running as a single back in some other different schemes. So you could see some versatility there with, uh, with Corey Clement and how he was used in the run game. He came back from that surgery, played at about 85% as a junior. But when you look at him, I didn't think he was a great athlete in college, but he moves pretty well for his size. He's got quicker feet than you'd expect for a bigger back. He's able to jump cut and create room for himself to work, and he uses the stiff arm really well. He fights for extra yardage, even though he doesn't run overly powerful for a 220-pound back. I didn't have, he did not have an issue running between the tackles. He's not afraid to hit it up inside uh, as a runner. When he's in space, I think he's got a good feel for making people miss. And more importantly, in, in the passing game, He's got really natural hands to be a factor in the screen game, and he adjusts to the ball well in the air. Now, from a downside, there were times where I thought he looked a little bit indecisive as a runner over the last couple of years, and at times here this summer in camp, he'll line up 
uh, you know, and, and when he takes the ball, you can see him pitter-patter his feet a little bit. His offensive line didn't do him many favors, especially his junior year, but I thought that he would kind of shuffle those feet a little bit, approaching the line of scrimmage. He'll take some time to gather his feet and get downhill on some of those perimeter runs. He didn't just stick his foot in the ground and go. I didn't like him in pass protection coming out of Wisconsin. Now, that being said, he has really improved there this, this offseason. Since he's been here in Philly, that's one of the areas I've seen his game really kind of spike. And whether it's been in the games or in practice, he looks really physical as a blocker. He wasn't often used in that role at Wisconsin. And when he was, he didn't give bad effort, but he really needed to refine his technique and his aggressiveness. And I think he's done that since arriving here in Philadelphia. And then the other issue, he didn't fumble at all in the four games that I watched as a junior, but he put the ball on the ground five times last season. So ball security was a little bit of an issue for him. Overall, even in a stacked running back class, I thought he was a top 15 running back in this class. I thought he was worthy of a late-round selection. He ended up going undrafted because, like I said, it was a stacked running back group. He's not a great athlete. There are times where he still looks a little bit indecisive as a runner, but he's come a long way in pass protection the short time he's been here. Hasn't had an issue with ball security up to this point, so hopefully that's corrected as well. I'm really anxious to see how this all pans out in this running back competition and whether he makes the team, whether he goes to the practice squad, or any of the other options that are available to him. I think Corey Clement has really served himself well here this summer. So excited to see what the next two games have in store for him. So really excited about Corey Clement and how it goes for him the rest of the summer. Great stuff today from Greg Cosell. And all of you out there listening, whether you're on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, you guys all know the platforms, of course, on PhiladelphiaEagles.com as well on the Eagles mobile app. So thank you. And again, if you get the time, Go on and rate the show. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Don't be afraid to leave a question on there, too. We've got a couple weeks left before we get into our regular season grind. So if you want something to be hit on a little bit more in-depth, we'll take some requests on the show and get a little bit deeper on any given comment. Just go and shoot us a comment wherever you listen to the show. All that being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I'm Fran Duffy. We will talk to you next week.